Welcome, everyone, to this episode of the Hot Takes from the Berg podcast. I'm your host, Jason Michener, joined alongside Ian Hatcher and Ryan Wilkes. How are y'all doing today, boys? I'm still working on my cup of coffee. I'm doing really good. I love my coffee. I'm just going to enjoy this for a moment. Yeah, I just hopped out of bed, ready to talk some college football. I mean, it's an exciting day. It's one of the best days of the year. The national championship, it doesn't get much better than this. Yes, our first college football podcast, and it's the the biggest game of the college football season. We have the national championship going on tonight at 8 p.m. We have, once again, the Alabama Crimson Tide. And a bit of a newcomer, we have the Ohio State Buckeyes. They haven't been in the championship for, for a few years. Um, so finally, something other than Alabama versus Clemson. Um and it's it's looking to be a a really really good game tonight. I mean, two of the two of some of the top quarterbacks in the NCAA right now going head to head in Justin Fields and Mac Jones. Yeah, this matchup really excites me. I mean, you uh, you saw Ohio State last week or a couple oh. weeks ago when they uh, they took down Clemson. Uh, Impressive, impressive game from Justin Fields. You know, he had probably the best game, maybe one of the best games of his career. I mean, he really tore up that Clemson defense, had multiple deep balls that just looked like, you know, this guy is obviously the number two guy in this draft. I mean, six touchdowns from Justin Fields. I mean, very reminiscent of what we saw from Joe Burrow last year in the college football semifinal when he threw seven against Oklahoma. I mean, this guy was just outstanding in a game where he seemingly, I was wondering at one point why he was still in that football game when he was obviously shaken up after the supposed targeting hit by Skowski. Didn't necessarily agree with that call, but, you know, he was really shaken up. And he, it wasn't like he just got out of it. He was, you know, limping around and he was feeling it all game. But, yeah, it didn't stop him from standing in that pocket and just letting it, letting it eat and throwing the ball deep. And it was just an insanely impressive performance. And also Trey Sermon, the running back, it's one of the best one-two punches in the country. And I think they're number two to Alabama, who has Mac Jones and Najee Harris. I think that that's obviously the best one-two punch in the country. But Trey Sermon and Justin Fields don't far fall from don't fall far from the tree. And Trey Sermon with 193 yards and a touchdown last week. Uh, and a GIF-worthy a meme where he looked at the camera breaking the fourth wall. That was really funny. And uh, I see this being a really, really tightly contested game, closer than nine points, which is the line. I was surprised to see that. I'm, I'm interested to hear what you guys think. I just want to talk real quick about how impressed I was with Ohio State last week. I think it says something when you take something personally, like what Dabo did by ranking them at, was it 11 or 12 or it, whatever it was. It was a com- completely disrespectful to a team that they were obviously going to be facing. And it was really impressive to me to watch what they did. It was still a dogfight for a good while, but then when they put it on them, man, they absolutely put it on them. Ohio State showed that they are not one to be trifled with. And if they can just come into this game with 
it's not going to be anything on the outside now. I mean, obviously, you don't need outside hype to help you win a national championship. You should be able to conjure that yourself. But anything is going to help. And watching the way this team was motivated by that last week, I hope they got something working against them right now because they're coming into this one with everything they got. Yeah, um, Ohio State played really well last week. Um, Justin Fields, in, in his short amount of time this season, uh, due to the Big Ten uh, not starting till much later than everyone else, only Big Ten only having uh, six games total. His his numbers are looking pretty dang good. Um, almost two thousand yards, twenty one touchdowns, six interceptions. The only thing that worries me about this Ohio State team is going against that Alabama defensive line. I mean, Justin Fields in, in seven games has already been sacked 20 times uh, compared to Mac Jones in 12 has 11 on him. Um, so this this Ohio State O-line is going to have a, a lot a lot to deal with um, in protecting Justin Fields and Trey Sermon getting out of that backfield. Um, so I'm curious to see how they're going to end up uh, dealing with that. Yeah, I like to point out that even though Fields might have not been sacked that much last week, he did take a fair amount of shots in the pocket. And kudos to him for standing in there. But if you're Fields, you got to get with your O-line and say, guys, if we want to win this game, this next national championship game, we need to have good protection up front because, you know, Alabama's going to be coming. They're going to be coming fast. Nick Saban's not going to hold anything back in this game. Nick Saban unlike Dabo Sweeney, is not going to underrate this Ohio State team, and he's not going to come in thinking it's a shoe-in game. And, you know, Ohio State's going to have their hands full, especially if Jalen Waddle returns, which is a possibility as he has been practicing and he has been active. Uh, if that happens and the Ohio State defense is going to have their hands full, I think they're going to be up to the challenge as they were last week. But, you know, I think personally – if Jalen Waddle had a full season, him and Devontae Smith could have easily swapped roles, and uh, Jalen Waddle could have been the one winning the Heisman. They're they're both extremely capable wide receivers, and they're both obvious first round picks in my eyes. Obviously, Devontae Smith had had the track record this year. Jalen Waddle was out with injury, but you know I think he may return next year. But he's they're both outstanding receivers, and if if Alabama has both those guys healthy, then got to watch out for them. That's what scares me the most about Ohio State. I think this entire season, the the thing that I at least, you know, think about Ohio State the most for, and their cornerbacks, their DBs, they put one they put really good ones in the draft every single year. I think this year is the weakest group that I've seen from them. Their top guy, Sean Wade. I, I've watched him a good amount this year. Maybe he just doesn't like when I watch him and, and balls out every time I turn the TV or turn the channel. But from what I've seen from him this year, He's not gotten good. And this Ohio State secondary really has been really, really bad. I mean, they gave up 500 yards early in the season to Indiana. Um, I think there's they have only held two teams below like 300 yards this entire season. I think it's kind of a trap for them because Mac Jones knows how to do one thing, and it's just let it fly. And Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddell, is he playing today? I've heard that he is available. I don't know what the status of him playing is. I think, you know, he might be used as, as an emergency weapon. Uh, I don't think they're going to put his health at risk. Uh, but I'm not – like it's like a Michael Thomas situation because, last, you know, last night in that Saints game, you didn't really know his availability until game time. I think it's very similar. Uh, 
they haven't really made many details open about it, and it'll be interesting to see how they use him, if at all. Yeah, but either way, I mean, Devontae Smith is enough, but, I mean, Jalen Waddle, that is – that's what's going to get really scary. If they can put both of those guys on the field at the same time tonight, Ohio State is going to be in trouble because I'm telling you, they have not looked good in coverage. To me, in any game that I've watched them this season, they played better in the Clemson game, but their entire defense played better. And I just don't see the pass rush getting to Mac, or to Mac Jones enough to make him look bad. You know, it's very, very crazy to think that tonight, just in the backfield, uh, QB and running back for both teams, all four of those guys could be first-round picks in this upcoming draft. Uh, with Mac Jones and Najee Harris on Alabama, and then Justin Fields and Trey Sermon in Ohio State, um, all four of those guys have looked absolutely phenomenal. And then Alabama having the first Heisman winner for a receiver since 1991. Uh, I believe that was Desmond Howard. Absolutely insane season from Smith. Um, definitely, I think he cemented himself to be the number one receiver in this class. Um, no doubt in my mind about that. Um, so Ohio State is going to have a, a lot to deal with with him being out on the field. Um that secondary is going to have a very, very difficult time, especially if Jalen Waddle comes back. Yeah, you talk about the, the receiving threats of that Alabama has, and Sean Wade is Ohio State's number one guy. And if you look at last week, Cornell Powell, uh, Clemson's number one guy, was working on Sean Wade. Cornell Powell, eight receptions, 139 yards, and two touchdowns. Cornell Powell is not Devontae Smith or Jalen Waddle for that for that instance. And I think it's going to be, you know, Sean Wade's going to have to step up his game because he, he was picked on all game. I mean, Cornell Powell, the leading receiver, you'd think it would be the other way around because Sean Wade is on him, but Sean Wade did not lock up and, you know, was beat all game long. And that's going to be a huge problem, especially if there's a, you know, three headed dragon out there with Mac Jones, uh, Devonte Smith and Jalen Waddle. And, you know, it's going to be really interesting. And I think the Ohio state secondary, the Ohio state defense for the most part was good against Clemson, but uh, you know, this Alabama offense, I think is a bit more dynamic and it's going to be interesting to see how the secondary holds up for uh, Ohio state. I mean, just the receiving threat in general. I mean, you still have Najee Harris out of the backfield who almost had uh, about 350 yards receiving, um, I mean, on the year, he had almost 1,700 yards total from scrimmage. That's an insane insane season for a college football running back. Like, that's, that's up there with some of the best in the NFL. And he does it in arguably the most difficult co- conference in the NCAA, in the SEC. Like, he, he has had an outstanding season. And I do like Ohio State's run defense – but you're going to have a lot to handle with Najee Harris and Brian Robinson coming out of the backfield too when he's in the game. Yeah, Najee, I I mean, Najee gives me a lot. I don't know if you guys feel the same way, but he reminds me a whole lot of Derrick Henry. I don't know if it's a 22 or how they're built, but those guys run very similarly. They're uh, big. They, They hit the gaps hard. I think Najee might honestly have a little bit more speed. Um, after seeing what he did 
uh, in, in the game a couple weeks ago against Notre Dame, where he that that was probably the cleanest executed hurdle I've ever seen. Uh, just getting up and over the defender. Not only that, but regaining his balance and taking off another 40 yards. It was extremely impressive. I skipped it back about five times and, um, you know, just an insanely athletic play from a, a once in a generation running back. I mean, this guy's amazing. And um, I think he's going to have a, a big NFL career ahead of him, but I think he will have his way here uh, in this game. But I also think on the other side of the ball, he's going to be a bit canceled out by Trey Sermon because that guy, you know, that guy was – pretty much single-handedly the reason they beat Northwestern in the Big Ten championship game was because it was Justin Fields did not have a good game. But Trey Sermon, I mean, that's as good as it gets when it comes to running the ball. I mean, it was just outstanding how, you know, how he hit those holes. And, you know, he ran for 330 yards on 29 carries. I mean, that's just outstanding. And, you know, I think it's really going to be, you know, it's not just a running back battle and it's not just a quarterback battle. It's these offenses. I think they match up very well against each other. And I think it's going to be exciting to see. There's going to be a lot of fireworks here. Somebody I have my eye on is Chris Olav for Ohio state. I think that he's their best receiver on this team. And if, you know, Justin Fields is going to be able to do work, like he's going to have to in this game, because I think, you're really going to be, if you're Ohio State, you're going to be trying to pace Alabama this entire game and just keep up with them. And I think if that, if you plan on doing that, Chris Olaf has got to be the guy. I think it's, it's pretty easy to say that he's Justin Fields' favorite target. And we're going to need some of those big downfield bombs we've seen him, you know, connect with him on and, you know, get some easy touchdowns like that. Trey Sermon is good, but I, I and I really like him. He's been playing really, really well these last three or four weeks, but – I mean, for this Alabama defense, if you want to keep up, you're not going to be able to just, you know, get a get a punt, get a kickoff or whatever, and just drive straight down the field. It's not that simple with Alabama. You're going to have to get some big plays. You're going to have to catch the defense reeling. And to do that, it's to me, it's got to be Chris Olav. I think he's their most dynamic player on the outside. I think he's one of the only people I can trust today to get some, you know, reasonable separation. And Justin Fields is going to have to be hooking up with that. Yeah, I like Olave a lot, and I think uh, the connections that him and Fields had last week against Clemson, I mean, that was the deep balls he threw to Olave. I mean, I think everyone was just, you know, sitting there in awe at, the you know, just the throws that Justin Fields had and the connection between him and Olave because Olave didn't look that open. I was talking to Jason before the show. Alave did not look that open on a couple of those throws and Fields just hit him. I mean, it's just like he had like maybe half a step. And the connection they had, even when Justin Fields was seemingly shaken up with injury, I mean, it was just – it's amazing. And I think, you know, there might be some matchups that, that Ohio State likes on the outside. It all depends on uh, if they can get – you know, if, if Alave can work on Sertain at all. I mean, Patrick Sertain has been – one of the most impressive defensive backs in the country, if not the most impressive defensive back in the country. And it's just, you know, I think Alabama wins the battle in number one cornerbacks because, you know, Sean Wade obviously was not impressive last week and Patrick Sertain was more than impressive against Notre Dame. So I think it comes down to if Ohio state can really get their number one guy, the ball, they also have Garrett Wilson on the outside, uh, also a very good wide receiver, so it, it, it all depends if Justin Fields can get his guys the ball and if they can 
you know, I think they're going to be playing from behind most of the game because I think Alabama is going to score and they're going to score a lot. And I think Ohio State's going to have to keep up. Yeah, this is going to be a, a very, very tough game for Ohio State. Um, Alabama is huge favorites in this game. I mean, they have arguably one of the best running backs in the NCAA, um, arguably the best receiver, one of the best defenses, a top-tier a top quarterback. Ohio State has a lot, a lot to catch up on, especially with how how poorly this defense has been playing, except for uh, last week against Clemson. Um, they were just able to get in Trevor Lawrence's head, especially after uh, Debo Sweeney just completely sent shots towards them after ranking them in out of outside of the top ten. Um, they just had fire burning them to to get on Debo, but. Nick Saban's much smarter than that. He's not going to take anything anything lightly. He's not going to send any shots towards this team. So, Ohio State's just going to have to find that fire somewhere. Yeah, I think that's, that's exactly right. And I think out of the seven games Ohio State's played this year, you know, six of them have been, you know, not, not great competition. I mean, you have – they beat Northwestern, they beat Indiana. But other than that, you know – Rutgers, Penn State, Nebraska, Michigan State, you know, games like that, I, I think it's a good thing and a bad thing for Ohio State that, that, that they're at where they are right now because with all this weak competition that they've had, they did come out and put a whooping on Clemson. But I do think Alabama is a significantly better team than Clemson all around. I think Alabama is by far the best team in the country. I think they've proven that time and time again this year. You know, Mac Jones coming in the year – the, the quarterback spot was being questioned because we didn't know much about Mac Jones. And then Mac Jones showed that he could come in and use his weapons all over the field. And that's when it kind of, uh, everybody was on notice, like, okay, Alabama's legit. And they are certainly legit. And I think their offense is extremely potent. I think their defense is very good. And, you know, like I said, Ohio State's just going to have to keep up. And do I think they're capable of it? Of course. Do I think it's going to be a close game? Yeah, I think it's going to be closer than the big nine-point line, in my opinion. I think that's a little bit over. I think I'm going to take, you know, Ohio State plus nine. But, you know, it's it's going to be an interesting game. Um, it, it could go either way. It could be an Alabama blowout or it could come down to, you know, the last few plays. I mean, you really don't know because we still, even though there's been seven games, we still do not know that much about Ohio State. I mean, it, it's – they've had a very abnormal season with the late start to the big 10 and a couple cancellations. I mean, they had three games canceled, including their yearly rivalry against Michigan. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. I'm, I'm really excited for this one. And I think we really get to know more about where Justin Fields falls in this insane class of quarterbacks coming out this year. I think you hit it on the head. Um, I'd probably I will I'm definitely rolling with Alabama in this one I think Ohio State's had an awesome season I, I think you know to play seven games and be playing for the national championship only speaks to your talent I mean the committee didn't vote them in because of impressive wins or you know the tough schedule that they had they voted them in because they know exactly what kind of team Ohio State is year in and year out and in a year that was so crazy you know, they knew that, you know, Ohio State is still one of the staples. So, I mean, they got blessed a little bit in that regard, and now they're in the championship after dismantling Clemson. But 
it's not going to be like you said, it's not going to be Clemson again. It's going to be Alabama. And Clemson is very, very good. But Alabama is probably the best team in college football year in and year out for like the last 10 years. And this is one of the better Alabama teams I've seen. You talk about weapons, they're just loaded everywhere. A defensive front, offensive line. Mac Jones is playing out of his mind. Najee Harris is, like you said, a grown man. And then you have a Heisman winning wide receiver for the first time in 20 years. I mean, and you have another guy that probably would have gotten it over him had he been healthy in Jalen Waddle. So Patrick Sertain also on the, on the defense. I mean, there's just so many players on this team that could take over this game. And, and it's really, really scary. And I think Ohio State should be a little bit more scared coming into this game. They need something coming into this game because they proved they could play really, really well, you know, dealing with outside factors last week. So maybe they get something to get them up this week, but we'll have to find out tonight. Yeah, Alabama is looking like they're going to take this one away. Um, I really do hope it's a close game considering we're not, not going to have college football for another uh, seven months. So hoping it's a good game, but right now odds are pointing towards it's it's looking like it's going to be an Alabama blowout, um, especially if they do end up playing Jalen Waddle. Um, I don't think Ohio secondary can contain Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddle at the same time, um, unless you leave literally anyone open besides those two guys. It's going to be a nightmare for the for this Ohio State defense. Yeah, I'm leaning towards more of a shootout, to be honest. I think both both teams are going to get what they want offensively just merely because of the weapons that they have. I don't think necessarily either one of these defenses are bad. I think Alabama obviously holds the upper hand on the defensive side of the ball, but I think Ohio State is still going to get what they want offensively, and I think the my final score is going to sit at about thinking around around 42-35 or 45-38, something like that. I think it's going to be very, very high scoring. I think we're going to see a lot of fireworks. But, you know, it could also go either way. I mean, these defense could these defenses could decide to show up. But, you know, who knows? I mean, uh, uh, Alabama's defense showed up last week, albeit against Notre Dame, who I still believe personally shouldn't have been in the college football playoff. But, uh, you know, it's going to be really interesting. I'm leaning towards a shootout because I did – really like what Ohio State did offensively last week. I mean, Justin Fields throwing six touchdowns. It really – that performance couldn't have been any better for Justin Fields. I mean, one errant throw in the end zone for an interception. But other than that, he, he was fantastic. And, uh, you know, that's the way I see it going. But it, it could go one of multiple different ways. Um, I will say it's it's – going to be a very very good game tonight um no matter what happens but the big thing for Ohio State you pretty much have to score on every drive if you don't score on one or two drives game's pretty much over um with how talented that Alabama offense is you have to be able to keep up with them and that's what Alabama has proved all season long they're going to Go on, they're going to go on offense, score, and if you don't fire back, they're going to keep firing. Yeah, I think you could say the same for Ohio State, especially if for some reason Alabama gets behind the eight ball. We saw it in the Clemson game. You know, it was a bit back and forth for a while as we saw this tied, you know, 14 to 14, but then, 
you know, down Ohio State just took over, outscoring Clemson 21 to nothing in that second quarter, taking a 35 to 14 halftime lead. It's kind of the same situation. I mean, Clemson scored with them for a little bit, but then they had a few three and outs and they had stuff like that happen, an interception or two. And then here you are sitting at 35 to 14. I mean, both these offenses, if you don't play a perfect game or not necessarily a perfect game, but if you're not scoring a lot of your possessions, like both of these offenses can really make you pay because, you know, these offenses don't go many possessions without scoring and getting in the end zone. I think Ohio State's going to have to really capitalize on any Alabama mistake. If you get a turnover, it has to be seven. If you get anything of that kind of nature, a three and out, a really good field position, a bad punt, Ohio State is going to have to really, really take that and capitalize on those moments. There's probably going to be two or three. I mean, Alabama is a really well-coached team, really smart team. I mean, they have five-star prospects all over the field. I mean, these guys make very, very few mistakes, but when they do, you have to capitalize. I'm talking about like a cornerback turning their hips the wrong way or, or something like that could turn into the big play that springs one for Ohio State. And when it happens, they have to be ready. You don't know when it's going to happen. You just have to play within your game, the entire game. And when you see it made available, you have to go for it. It's it's like I said, it's not going to be they're going to be few and far between. But if Ohio State can do that, they put themselves in a good oper- in a good position to win this game. But I think you, I have to agree with both of you guys. They have to be able to hang in there for the majority of the game. I don't think that they can let this thing balloon and get too big on them because at that point I could see things kind of unraveling and falling apart for Ohio State. But if they're in there playing good the whole game and you never know when it's going to happen, it could happen in the third or fourth quarter where you get that magical pick that you just needed, down by 14, down by 10, whatever, turn it into points and you're right back in it. So. I still am rolling with Alabama, but I think Ohio State does have a legitimate shot. I think you can't ever count out Ohio State, but I think Alabama's the best team in college football this year. <laughs> yeah, and one thing I want to touch on that's kind of unrelated to this game, but I just think it's amazing how we've gotten to this point. I mean, a lot of people thought we wouldn't get through a whole college football season. It was looking at times like we wouldn't. Uh, especially when a bunch of teams are postponing. We saw cancellations and postponements every week. But that became the new normal. And, you know, you know, props to the people that fought for this college football season. Props for, to the people that made this college football season happen because I think I speak for all of us when I say college football brings us a lot of joy as college students. And we didn't get to go to games this year. We had to watch from home, but, you know, it still brings that, you know, joy on a Saturday getting up and watching college football. And, you know, I'm very grateful for the sacrifices that were made to have this college football season. And we're extremely fortunate. And I think tonight is a celebration of, you know, everyone that made this happen. Yes. Football all weekend long uh, with NFL Thursday, skip a day straight to Saturday. And we got college football all day long. And then Sunday and Monday we got some more NFL. It's it's been a nice it's been a nice football season. I can't lie about that. It's been a distraction from everything else going on in this world, and I'm thankful for that. I mean, it's just been college football. You know, brings a lot of people joy and very necessary. And then what has become uh, unfortunately a disastrous world here in 2021. What a what a year it's been. 
I did want to just touch on what um, Ryan said. Uh, there is a certain joy that you have on Saturday morning waking up. But, man, when you like the team that we like, you got to, like, become work. <laughs> yeah, it was a chore by the end of the season. But yeah. lucky to have it. thankful for it, yeah. yeah. But I think nobody that's... I'd rather have me rip my hair out over there. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's going to wrap us up for our national championship preview. It's going to be a fantastic game tonight, no matter who comes out on top. Um I mean, no matter what, both of these teams are going to have so many first-round picks, um, so many people going into this draft. Um, there's a, a lot of a top-tier talent in this game that you want to watch if you're out there doing stuff like we do, making predictions, um, trying to get ready for the next football season, looking at the draft. This is a big, big opportunity for you to figure out how you want to structure your mock draft, especially that first round draft with how, how much talent is here. But with that, I think it's going to wrap us up for this first episode of the day. Um, I've been your host, Jason Michener, joined alongside Ian Hatcher and Ryan Wilkes. We'll see you all next time.